Magnolia Christi Americana, The Wonderful Works of Christ in America, by Cotton Mather. The First Book, Antiquities, or A Field Prepared for Considerable Things to be Acted Thereupon. The Introduction It was not long ago, as about the middle of the former century, that under the influences of that admirable hero and martyr of the Protestant religion, Gasper Coligny, the great admiral of France, a noble and learned knight called Villagagnon, began to attempt the settlement of some colonies in America, as it was declared, for the propagation of that religion. He sailed with several ships of no small burthen, till he arrived at Brazil, where he thought there were now shown him quiet seas for the retreat of a people harassed already with deadly persecutions, and threatened with yet more calamities. Thence he wrote home letters unto that glorious patron of the Reformed churches, to inform him that he had now a fair prospect of seeing those churches erected, multiplied, and sheltered in the southern regions of the New World and requested him that Geneva might supply them with pastures for the planting of such churches in these new plantations. The blessed Calvin, with his colleagues, thereupon sent of their number two worthy persons, namely Richarius and Quadrigarius, to assist this undertaking. And unto these were joined several more, especially Laerus, and who became a leader to the rest, Corcularius, an eminent man, for the cause of Christianity, then residing at Geneva. Embarked in three ships, well fitted, they came to the American country, whither they had been invited, and they soon set up an evangelical church order, in those corners of the earth where God and our Lord Jesus Christ had never before been called upon. But it was not long before some unhappy controversies arose among them, which drove their principal ministers into Europe again, besides those three that were murdered by their apostate governor, whose martyrdom Laerus procured Crispin to commemorate in his history, but I now omit in this of ours, Neme Crispini Scrinia Lecti Compilase Putes, that is, that you may not suspect me of having rifled the portfolios of Crispin, Horace. And as for the people that stayed behind, no other can be learned, but that they are entirely lost, either in paganism or disaster. In this, more unhappy sure than that hundred thousand of their brethren who were soon after butchered at home, in that horrible massacre, which then had not, but since hath, known a parallel. So has there been utterly lost in a little time a country intended for a receptacle of Protestant churches on the American strand. It is the most incomparable de thou, the honorable president of the parliament at Paris, an historian whom Casaubon pronounces Quote, a singular gift of heaven to the last age for an example of piety and probity, End quote. that is, our author, 
besides others, for this history. "'Tis now time for me to tell my reader that in our age there has been another essay, made not by French but by English Protestants, to fill a certain country in America with Reformed churches. Nothing in doctrine, little in discipline, different from that of Geneva. Mankind will pardon me, a native of that country, if smitten with a just fear of encroaching and ill-bodied degeneracies, I shall use my modest endeavors to prevent the loss of a country so signalized for the profession of the purest religion, and for the protection of God upon it in that holy profession. I shall count my country lost in the loss of the primitive principles and the primitive practices upon which it was at first established. But certainly, one good way to save that loss would be to do something that the memory of the great things done for us by our God may not be lost, and that the story of the circumstances attending the foundation and formation of this country, and of its preservation hitherto, may be impartially handed unto posterity. This is the undertaking whereto I now address myself, and now grant me thy gracious assistances, O my God, that in this my undertaking I may be kept from every false way, but that sincerely aiming at thy glory in my undertaking, I may find my labors made acceptable and profitable unto thy churches, and serviceable unto the interests of thy gospel. So let my God think upon me for good, and spare me according to the greatness of thy mercy in the blessed Jesus. Amen. Chapter 1 Venisti Tandem, or Discoveries of America. Latin, Hast Thou Come at Last. Tending to and ending in Discoveries of New England. It is the opinion of some, though tis but an opinion, and but of some learned men, that when the sacred oracles of heaven assure us, the things under the earth are some of those whose knees are to bow in the name of Jesus. By those things are meant the inhabitants of America, who are antipodes to those of the other hemisphere. I would not quote any words of Lactantius, though there are some to countenance this interpretation, because of their being so ungeographical. Nor would I go to strengthen the interpretation by reciting the words of the Indians to the first white invaders of their territories, We hear you are coming from under the world to take our world from us. But, granting the uncertainty of such an exposition, I shall yet give the Church of God a certain account of those things which in America have been believing and adoring the glorious name of Jesus, and of that country in America, where those things have been attended with circumstances most remarkable. I can contentedly allow that America, which, as the learned Nicholas Fuller observes, might more justly be called Columbina, was altogether unknown to the penmen of the Holy Scriptures, and in the ages which the Scriptures were penned. I can allow that those parts of the earth which do not include America 
are, in the inspired writings of Luke and of Paul, styled all the world. I can allow that the opinion of Tornielus and of Pagius about the apostles preaching the gospel in America has been sufficiently refuted by Basnagius. But I am out of the reach of Pope Zachary's excommunication. I can assert the existence of the American Antipodes, and I can report unto the European churches great occurrences among these Americans. Yet I will report every one of them with such a Christian and exact veracity that no man shall have cause to use about any one of them the words which the great Austin, as great as he was, used about the existence of Antipodes. It is a fable and nulla ratione credendum. That is, hast thou come at last? If the wicked one in whom the whole world lieth were he who, like a dragon, keeping a guard upon the spacious and mighty orchards of America, could have such a fascination upon the thoughts of mankind that neither this balancing half of the globe should be considered in Europe till a little more than two hundred years ago, nor the clue that might lead unto it, namely the lodestone, should be known, till a Neapolitan stumbled upon it about an hundred years before. Yet the overruling providence of the great God is to be acknowledged, as well in the concealing of America for so long a time as in the discovering of it, when the fullness of time was come for the discovery. For we may count America to have been concealed, while mankind in the other hemisphere had lost all acquaintance with it, if we may conclude it had any from the words of Diodorus Siculus, that Phoenicians were, by great storms, driven on the coast of Africa far westward, Epipolos Hemaras, for many days together, and at last fell in with an island of prodigious magnitude. Or, from the words of Plato, that beyond the pillars of Hercules there was an island in the Atlantic Ocean, Ama Libues Kai Asias Medzon, larger than Africa and Asia put together. Nor should it pass without remark that three most memorable things, which have borne a very great aspect upon humane affairs, did, near the same time, namely, at the conclusion of the 15th and the beginning of the 16th century, arise unto the world. The first was the resurrection of literature, the second was the opening of America, the third was the reformation of religion. But, as probably the devil seducing the first inhabitants of America into it, therein aimed at the having of them and their posterity out of the sound of the silver trumpets of the gospel, then to be heard through the Roman Empire, if the devil had any expectation that by the peopling of America he should utterly deprive any Europeans of the two benefits, literature and religion, which dawned upon the miserable world, one just before, the other just after, the first famed navigation hither, tis to be hoped that he will be disappointed of that expectation." The church of God must no longer be wrapped up in Strabo's cloak. 
Geography must now find work for a Christianography. In regions far enough beyond the bounds wherein the Church of God had, through all former ages, been circumscribed. Renowned churches of Christ must be gathered where the ancients once derided them that look for any inhabitants. The mystery of our Lord's garments, made four parts by the soldiers that cast lots for them, is to be accomplished in the good sense put upon it by Austin, who, if he had known America, could not have given a better. Quadripartitia vestis domini Jesu quadripartitiam figuravit eius ecclesiam toto scilicet, qui quator partibus constat terrarum orbe diffusam. That is, the parting of the garment of our Lord Jesus into four pieces was a type of a like division of his church, which is distributed through the four quarters of the globe. Whatever truth may be in that assertion of one who writes, quote, if we may credit any records besides the scriptures, I know it might be said and proved well that this new world was known and partly inhabited by Britons or by Saxons from England three or four hundred years before the Spaniards coming thither, end quote. which assertion is demonstrated from the discourses between the Mexicans and the Spaniards at their first arrival. And the Popish relics, as well as British terms and words, which the Spaniards then found among the Mexicans, as well as from undoubted passages, not only in other authors, but even in the British annals also. Nevertheless, mankind generally agree to give unto Christopher Columbus, a Genoese, the honor of being the first European that opened a way into these parts of the world. It was in the year 1492 that this famous man, acted by a most vehement and wonderful impulse, was carried into the northern regions of this vast hemisphere, which might more justly, therefore, have received its name from him than from Americus Vespucius, a Florentine, who, in the year 1497, made a further detection of the more southern regions in this continent. So a world, which has been one great article from among the res disperditae, that is, the catalogue of lost things, title of a book, of Pankirolus, is now found out, and the affairs of the whole world have been affected by the finding of it. So the church of our Lord Jesus Christ, well compared unto a ship, is now victoriously sailing round the globe, after Sir Francis Drake's renowned ship called the Victory, which could boast prima ego velivolis ambivi cursibus orbem, that is, I first with canvas to the gale unfurled made the wide circuit of the mighty world. And yet the story about Columbus himself must be corrected from the information of de la Vega, that, quote, Juan Sanchez, a native of Helva in Spain, did before find out these regions, end quote. He tells us that Sanchez, using to trade in a small vessel to the Canaries, was driven by a furious and tedious tempest over unto these western countries, 
and at his return he gave to Colon, or Columbus, an account of what he had seen, but soon after died of a disease he had got on his dangerous voyage. However, I shall expect my reader, ere long, to grant that some things done since by Almighty God for the English in these regions have exceeded all that has been hitherto done for any other nation. If this new world were not found out first by the English, yet in those regards that are of all the greatest, it seems to be found out more for them than any other. But indeed, the two cabots, father and son, under the commission of our King Henry the Seventh, entering upon their generous undertakings in the year 1497, made further discoveries of America than either Columbus or Vespucius, in regard of which notable enterprises, the younger of them had very great honors by the crown put upon him, till at length he died in a good old age, in which old age King Edward the Sixth had allowed him an honorable pension. Yea, since the Cabots, employed by the King of England, made a discovery of this continent in the year 1497, and it was the year 1498 before Columbus discovered any part of the continent, and Vespucius came a considerable time after both of them. I know not why the Spaniard should go unrivaled in the claim of this new world, which from the first finding of it is pretended unto. These discoveries of the Cabots were the foundation of all the adventures, with which the English nation have since followed the sun, and served themselves into an acquaintance on the hither side of the Atlantic Ocean. And now I shall drown my reader with myself in a tedious digression if I enumerate all the attempts made by a Willoughby, a Frobisher, a Gilbert, and besides many others, an incomparable Raleigh, to settle English colonies in the deserts of the western India. It will be enough if I entertain him with the history of that English settlement, which may, upon a thousand accounts, pretend unto more of true English than all the rest, and which alone therefore has been called New England. After a discouraging series of disasters attending the endeavors of the English to swarm into Florida, and the rest of the continent unto the northward of it, called Virginia, because the first white born in those regions was a daughter, then born to one Ananias Dare in the year 1585, the courage of one Bartholomew Gosnold and one Captain Bartholomew Gilbert and several other gentlemen served them to make yet more essays upon the like designs. This Captain Gosnold, in a small bark, on May 11th, 1602, made land on this coast in the latitude of 43, where, though he liked the welcome he had from the savages that came aboard him, yet he disliked the weather, so that he thought it necessary to stand more southward into the sea. Next morning he found himself embayed within a mighty head of land, which promontory, in remembrance of the codfish in great quantity by him taken there, he called Cape Cod, 
a name which I suppose it will never lose, till shoals of codfish be seen swimming upon the top of its highest hills. On this cape, and on the islands to the southward of it, he found such a comfortable entertainment from the summer fruits of the earth, as well as from the wild creatures then ranging the woods, and from the wilder people, now surprised into courtesy, that he carried back to England a report of the country, better than what the spies once gave of the land flowing with milk and honey. Not only did the merchants of Bristol now raise a considerable stock to prosecute these discoveries, but many other persons of several ranks embarked in such undertakings. And many sallies into America were made, the exactor narrative whereof I had rather my reader should purchase at the expense of consulting purchases pilgrims than endure any stop in our hastening voyage unto the history of a new English Israel. Perhaps my reader would gladly be informed how America came to be first peopled. And if Hornius's discourses, De Origine Gentium Americanarum, do not satisfy him, I hope shortly the most ingenious Dr. Woodward, in his Natural History of the Earth, will do it. In the meantime, to stay thy stomach, reader, accept the account which a very sensible Russian— who had been an officer of prime note in Siberia, gave unto Father Avril. Said he, quote, There is beyond the Obi a great river called Kawoina, at the mouth whereof, discharging itself into the frozen sea, there stands a spacious island very well peopled, and no less considerable for hunting an animal, whose teeth are in great esteem. The inhabitants go frequently upon the side of the frozen sea to hunt this monster, and because it requires great labor with assiduity, they carry their families usually along with them. Now it many times happens that, being surprised with a thaw, they are carried away, I know not whither, upon huge pieces of ice that break off one from another. For my part, I am persuaded that several of those hunters have been carried upon these floating pieces of ice to the most northern parts of America, which is not far from that part of Asia that juts out into the Sea of Tartary. And that which confirms me in this opinion is this, that the Americans who inhabit that country, which advances farthest towards that sea, have the same physiognomy as those islanders. End quote. Thus the Vyod of Smolensko. But all the concern of this our history is to tell how English people first came into America, and what English people first came into that part of America where this history is composed. Wherefore, instead of reciting many adventures of the English to visit these parts of the world, I shall but repeat the words of one Captain Weymouth, an historian, as well as an undertaker of those adventures, who reports, quote, that one main end of all these undertakings was to plant the gospel in these dark regions of America, end quote. 
How well the most of the English plantations have answered this main end, it mainly becomes them to consider. However, I am now to tell mankind that as for one of these English plantations, this was not only a main end, but the sole end upon which it was erected. If they that are solicitous about the interests of the gospel would know what and where that plantation is, be it noted that all the vast country from Florida to Nova Francia was at first called Virginia. But this Virginia was distinguished into North Virginia and South Virginia till that famous traveler Captain John Smith in the year 1614 presenting unto the court of England a draft of North Virginia, got it called by name of New England, which name has been ever since allowed unto my country as unto the most resembling daughter to the chief lady of the European world. Thus the discoveries of the country proceeded so far that King James I did by his letters patents under the great seal of England in the eighteenth year of his reign, give and grant unto a certain honorable council established at Plymouth in the county of Devon for the planting, ruling, and ordering, and governing of New England in America, and to their successors and assigns all that part of America, lying and being in breadth from forty degrees of northerly latitude from the equinoctial line, to the fortieth degree of the said northerly latitude inclusively, and the length of, and within all the breadth aforesaid, throughout all the firm lands from sea to sea. This at last is the spot of earth which the God of heaven spied out for the seat of such evangelical and ecclesiastical and very remarkable transactions as require to be made an history. Here twas that our blessed Jesus intended a resting place, must I say, or only an hiding place for those reformed churches which have given him a little accomplishment of his eternal Father's promise unto him, to be, we hope, yet further accomplished of having the utmost parts of the earth for his possession? The learned Joseph Mead conjectures that the American hemisphere will escape the conflagration of the earth, which we expect at the descent of our Lord Jesus Christ from heaven, and that the people here will not have a share in the blessedness which the renovated world shall enjoy during the thousand years of holy rest promised unto the church of God, and that the inhabitants of these regions, who were originally Scythians, and therein a notable fulfillment of that prophecy about the enlargement of Japhet, will be the Gog and Magog whom the devil will seduce to invade the new Jerusalem, with an envious hope to gain the angelical circumstances of the people there. All this is but conjecture, and it may be twill appear unto some as little probable as that of the later Pierre Poiret in his L'Economie Divine, that by Gog and Magog are meant the devils and the damned, which he thinks will be let loose at the end of the thousand years, to make a furious but a fruitless attempt on the glorified saints of the new Jerusalem.
However, I am going to give unto the Christian reader an history of some feeble attempts made in the American hemisphere to anticipate the state of the New Jerusalem, as far as the unavoidable vanity of human affairs and influence of Satan upon them would allow of it, and of many worthy persons whose posterity, if they make a squadron in the fleets of Gog and Magog, will be apostates deserving a room and a doom with the legions of the grand apostate that will deceive the nations to that mysterious enterprise. This audio recording was read by Michael Ives. I hope you found it enlightening and edifying. Visit westportexperiment.com for more audio resources and where I write about parish missions, the care of souls, and all things reformed.